Hey there. Thanks for listening to Untold the Podcast. In just a second, me and my pals are going to go through some stories. We're excited that you've listened to us. Be sure to check us out on social media at, where is it at? Untold the Podcast. Good job. Also, leave us a review. We really need reviews. It helps us with the algorithms and the AIs. Mm, the and interwebs and the all interwebs. that. You know. Please. Facebook, Instagram, Please. TikTok. Yep. When I'm alone at night and I feel sad about myself, I like to read the reviews and feel <laughs> oh, that's, happy. That's sad. <laughs> Speaking of reviews, we also have a voicemail channel. Did you guys know that? I did. I did, but I haven't checked it. I don't know how to check it. Yeah, so we got our first voicemail. If you want to leave a voicemail, you can do that on the our first one. I'm yeah. excited. You can do that on the podcast link. Should be there. Let's see what this says. I think we all know who is carrying this group along. It's Grace. Okay. Mm. Was that your mom or something? <laughs> how are we going to okay. come out the gate with that? Cool. <laughs> Wow. Well, I'm, I'm hopefully done. my wife can leave one, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, right now, it's just Grace. Uh, all right. With that, let's get the show started. <laughs> Put your headphones on. Cheez-Its or goldfish? Wait, let me say that in like Cheez-Its or goldfish? Cheez-Its. Really? Why? 100% of the time. They're, they're more flavorful. They're they, more toasted. I like them. Goldfish are like... Have you had goldfish, the extra ones, though? The, the extra ones? What is that called? It's like extra cheese on it? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, flavor, uh, like Flavor Blast? Yeah, Flavor Blast. That's mm. too much flavor for me. But it's Do you like Cheez-Its or goldfish, Shelby? I like them both. I can't answer that oh, question. Oh, that's lame. I mean, Josh, I would eat them both. What do you like more? Cheez-Its? Cheez-Its. Heck yeah. <sighs> Heck yeah. Cheez-Its are better. I actually like goldfish more. That's why I brought this up is mm. Ashley loves goldfish a ton more. And I'm like, dude. Cheez-Its are so no. much better. There's no I comparison. love you, Ashley, but Cheez-Its are better. There's no comparison. The <laughs> extra toasty ones that are like super crunchy. Yeah. Never had those. Those the- are really good. <laughs> what? I mean an Oreo right now. <laughs> eating an Oreo, eh? <laughs> um, no, the extra toasty ones and then the um like the Jack, Cheddar Jack. Yeah, Cheddar Jack are good. Are good. Oh. They... I just don't like the dust on them. Is that the one with the dust on yes. them? Yeah. See, I wish if they could do that without the dust, then sure. I think I'd I like, like them cheese more. nips better <laughs> than cheese its. No, those are too dry. <clears throat> well, have you guys ever had whales? If you say so. I mean, this is <laughs> just my opinion. Have you guys ever had whales? I have, yeah. No. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Josh? I haven't tried. No, they're good. Not whales. Uh, whales also, are good. <clears throat> there's a. Purple bag Annie's or something. Yeah, it's kind of a healthy version I mean, of Cheez-Its. Too I expensive like for what you're yeah. getting, but I like Annie's better than Goldfish, but not as good as Cheez-Its. Oh, mm. really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Don't Annie's. try Annie's macaroni. It is. <laughs> we have the horrible. No, do you like Kraft macaroni? Yes. Gross. Gross. Can't do it. Okay. <laughs> you guys ready to get started? <laughs> yeah, okay. I just ignore you. <laughs> We're professionals. Welcome to Untold the Podcast. This is the podcast that tells the untold stories of history. In this podcast, two of us compete to tell the best story you've probably never heard before. Join us as we uncover new stories each week together. This is Untold, the podcast. I was getting a little concerned you weren't going to finish the Oreo, Grant. I 
scarfed it down. Plowed it down. Then you looked <laughs> like you were going to choke. Uh-huh. I'm glad you made it through. Washed it down what with if, some whiskey. What if we both just said our bits and we got to Grant and he was like, <coughs> untold. <coughs> the podcast. This is untold. <coughs> if that was the case, it would be a, make for a perfect episode number 10. Yeah. Because 10 is the number of whole. What? What? <laughs> hey, welcome to what? No, Don't blow past that. We're just going to skate over yeah, the nonsense we're just, okay. you just spit out. Okay. Sure. Welcome to season two, episode 10. Uh, my name is Shelby. Uh, I'm surrounded at this table by Grant and Grace and Josh, Josh which is yeah. Grace's husband. We are thankful that you are hanging out with us tonight. If you've never, ever heard this podcast before well i don't know how you found us but thanks for checking us out um here's the deal tonight i have picked a topic our topic tonight is the untold story of something big Wait, nope nope something <laughs> opposite of that last time something little untold yeah. story of something little or small or teeny or tiny and uh oh you're having some troubles with your ear no i, oh, I am I okay yeah you are now I was probably talking. Oh, well, that's really loud. I know. Uh, I think you. Were, okay. Jeez. Can we start over? Okay. So, um, yeah. So anyway, we're gonna have this story. It's the untold story of something small, and these two people are going to tell me a story that they've discovered. I'm gonna pick out a winner, and uh, then that person will go on next. But that's neither here nor there because it's not time for that. It's time for us to get to know one another. Yes. And so I have a question for you two, my contestants tonight. Okay. Okay. So the question is, if we're going to talk about something small, untold history of something small, I was thinking about when you were small, mm-hmm. you lived somewhere. Yep. I did. What did you like about where you lived mm. when you were small? I will go first to give you guys some time. Thank you. Because really, I just want to answer. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I lived in a place called Olathe, Kansas when I was small. And my dad was the maintenance man at our uh, complex. So that was kind of cool because I lived where he worked. Um, I also could ride my bike anywhere. Had a lot of friends on my street. So it was a pretty happening place. I had a little playground I remember going to. My dad would go outside and whistle when it was time for me to come home. How would he whistle? He he did the finger thing. Oh, that's cool. Oh, okay. But it was really loud. So uh, I think that I like that. And then ultimately, I really like Kansas City because they're the home of the Chiefs. Oh, okay. And so I grew nice. up in that area. So that's why he picked this question. He just <laughs> wanted to bring up the Chiefs at <laughs> least once. I think you mean the world yeah. champion Kansas uh, City Chiefs. Uh, sure. Yeah, they are. Uh, okay, Grant, what about you? Uh, so I was born in St. Louis, Missouri. Ugh. Um, wow. <laughs> Glad you got out. Excuse you. <laughs> Rude. Yeah. Well, now I wish I could go back. And get away from this. It's not better. Toxicity. <laughs> um, no, when I was growing up, I lived there till I was about seven. And oh, did they let you outside? This is so they did. Dangerous. They did, in fact, uh, let me outside. And uh, one thing we used to go to when I was growing up was a place called the Point. Mm. Um, that was like the the place that we always wanted to go. It was like an indoor water park, ah. basically. And we would always ask my parents, like, can we go to the point? It was like literally 10 minutes down the road from yeah. our house. And so that was like what I enjoyed growing up. I mean, I would live there till I was seven. So like <laughs> my, my memory of that was basically just fun stuff. So it was a lot of the point. And we would ask my parents, 
pretty much every day, hey, can we go to the point? Can we go to the point? And whenever uh, they didn't want to take us because exhausted parents, you know, they would say, oh, the point's closed. And they'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's one o'clock on a Tuesday, but okay. Yeah, sure. Probably so, some sort of, they found some sort of needle in the, yeah. the uh, what was that river a syringe. Oh, the Lazy River? Lazy River. They had a Lazy River there. Cozy River. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not right. Not. But we actually went back uh, and visited that place, um, you know, when I was older. And I was like, dang, this place Sucks. used to look huge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And you go back, and it's like a YMCA or something. It's yeah, just you thought like it was this... a water park, but it was really <laughs> yeah. like the, the rec center yep. with one water. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, they had like a little kid's play area, and uh, that was awesome. about it. But. That's what I remember about where I grew up. And um, let me just yeah. tell you again: your parents got you out of the right time. <laughs> yeah, just... yeah. Uh, good barbecue, though. That's that's a yeah, plus, I do, right? I do. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. Kansas City—it's where the Chiefs are from, Missouri, right? Unfortunately, <laughs> my dad and I did a road trip through Kansas City and stopped yeah. for barbecue. And granted, we didn't have time to like research Grace, a place. Watch what you're about to say. Nope, mm. worst barbecue I've ever had. Really? I don't have to watch. What was the name of it? I don't remember. It, I and That's what I'm saying. We didn't have time to research. We were like driving through and we we're like, oh, we hear Kansas City has great mm. barbecue. And we Let me at stop at this little <laughs> Dickies over yeah. here. No, Dickies it wasn't barbecue. a chain because we know better. We're not going to a chain, but right. I forget what it, I would have to look it up. But mm. wherever we stopped was the worst barbecue I've ever had. Did you have a favorite that's barbecue in Yes, Kansas? of course. Okay, well, what, what was a it? question. What was it? Uh, my I grew up on Gates, but I became... Most millennials have okay. jumped to the Joe's side. Okay, used to be Oklahoma Joe's. Now it's Joe's. It's in a, uh, hmm. <clears throat> it's in a gas station. The original one. Oh, those are the best. Yeah, but it's all the restaurants and gas, gas stations. Sta- the gas stations still exist. The restaurant okay. has taken over it. Huh. It is okay. Yeah. Is there only one or is no? It... I think they have like three now. Okay, cool. But every time I go back, we always got to make a trip to, to Oklahoma. I mean, to Joe's. <laughs> to Joe's. Uh, yeah. It's a little out of the way, but yeah, you right. knock yourself out. It's worth it. Barbecue is great. Mm. But That's a lot funny. of people, it's very divisive in Kansas City. It's like really? what you grew up on is what you usually like. Hmm. So okay. you probably went to Gates. It's about everything. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but. This episode brought to you sure. by Gates Barbecue. No, Joe's. Oh, Joe's Barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like since my dad's name is Joe, we would have stopped at the place called uh, Joe's. So. Mm. Uh, naturally uh, is it just you don't like the sweetness of it you don't no, like good food it was or? no okay listen <laughs> i i feel like i'm a little biased because my dad makes his own barbecue and it is amazing Damn. um okay so, <laughs> shelby's making faces so you have like, been to joe's barbecue i ah. have the georgia <laughs> the georgia joe's georgia um, joe's all right i gotta try it because i'm a barbecue snob all what right. did you get there Probably just like a pulled pork sandwich or something. Oh, okay. Brunswick so stew. Basic. Oh, side. Yeah, Brunswick I mean. stew. Well, that's part of the issue. A pulled pork sandwich. That's you missed good. the part where I said pulled pork mm. sandwich. In Kansas, you usually go brisket. Um, but oh. I'm a pulled pork guy, so I can't I can't talk. But it's usually a brisket. Or oh. burnt ends. Ooh, I'm just hungry now. I know. I'm just hungry. I could go for some barbecue. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks. Uh, Grace, what about your childhood? Um. Well, so until I was about five, I grew up on the north side of Atlanta. I don't I, and <laughs> this sounds bad. I don't have a lot of, I don't want to say I don't have good memories because it's not that I don't have good memories. They're just random because you're five and under, right? So mm-hmm. I, yeah. I remember, you know, like my neighbor breaking his arm on a skateboard and, you know, just 
uh, I found a caterpillar in the backyard. You know, like a random stuff from like five and under. What a life. But uh, so we moved down to the south side when I was probably six. Um, and we lived in a neighborhood that um, I, I really liked our neighborhood because we had a, a bunch of friends. And I'm thinking like middle school at this point, like we're riding the bus home together and we would always get together and play outside. Like it was like the old school, like we play oh, outside yeah. all day until the streetlights came on and then we'd go home. Um, and I had a good friend that lived like one block away from me. Um, who I'm still really good friends with. She comes to book club every week. Like, you know, so just good, yeah. good friendships. A lot of people in that neighborhood that I really liked. And um, yeah. Is this the neighborhood your parents still live in? No. This was, we moved from there probably when I was like 14 to the other side of the county that we lived in another house for like six years and then, or eh, longer than that. Uh, I lived there six years because then I graduated and went to college, but um where was this now they live somewhere else Fayetteville Georgia oh yeah yeah well yeah. I've learned two things tonight uh if you're taking notes Grant uh barely survived what was basically a war zone in <laughs> oh. St. Louis yeah and Grace found a caterpillar <laughs> when she was young I found a caterpillar that's it I found a caterpillar I kept him for three days on this stump in our backyard did he die uh, he disappeared one day. I'm assuming he he probably went to become a butterfly. He uh-huh. metamorphosized. <laughs> and flew also, on the north side of Atlanta, you have a lot of scorpions really? in your house. Oh. oh my god, we had scorpions all the time. The north but side I've of seen I've seen maybe one since I moved hmm. to the south side. So oh, dang, bye no. scorpions. No, thank that's you. why I live down here in Can't the swamp. Get me here. We got <laughs> Flat Creek Floyd <laughs> gators. Uh, okay, cool. Thanks for sharing. Uh, <laughs> thanks for thanks for sharing that, and I've learned a little bit more about you. Uh, okay, just to recap really quick, two stories, one topic, untold something small. If they say something I like, I'm going to ring this bell, and it's going to sound like this. <laughs> that was weak. The reverb was a little <laughs> Let's try that again. Yeah, that. let's get that. Ah, there we go. There's the bell we love. So we will be ringing old Smiley here. Uh, he'll be making an appearance on our merch. Is that very his name? Soon. We have a his name Smiley. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There we got it. Actually, I was gonna call him Bell because he's the bell of the nah, ball. I like Smiley. Okay. <laughs> smiley boy. All right. So let's kick this off. Untold stories of something small. Uh, Grant, what's your title? Uh, my title is "You Little Devil." <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. You little devil, you. Uh, Grace. Oh, I'm torn between two. Um, all right, I'm going to keep this PG, so it's not going to be Ooh. the exact phrase, but mess around and find out, but Ooh. less than 40 minutes. Oh. That's very long. Uh, okay, I don't like subtitles, so I'm going to go. That's not a subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Grant. You win. Yay. All right. Next week, I'll be hosting. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It, untold story, something small. We just had a small story. Heck yeah. yeah. All right. Join us next week. What is, uh, what um, do you want to go first? Do I want to go first? Grace, is your story good? I mean, I like it. <laughs> I'll let you go first. Okay. Good Ladies night, first. Josh. Good night, sir. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, okay. All right, Grace. All Ladies right. Ladies first. Cool. So um, we're going to go back to. I really just let you go first because I want to eat this Man, Oreo. I want an Oreo so bad. I'll give you a point if you'll get me one. There's okay. literally an entire thing. But I don't want to go get you one. I don't want to get one. Yes, up. sir. Right away. Hold yes. on. They're Let's my Oreos. Let's put in some weight music here. Grant, don't run. I don't want you to get hurt. These are not just any Oreos, folks. These are the vanilla Oreos always feeding me. Oh, my God. 
God. These are my Oreos. If anybody gets a point, it should be me. Y'all are the worst. Anyway, can I tell my my story now while y'all are eating? Okay, I'm back. (laughs) I'm out of breath because I'm eating Oreos. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well. Sorry. All right. So mess around and find out, but in less than 40 minutes. You going to (laughs) give... Hey, you going to give me that point, by the way? Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) That's maybe the dumbest title you've ever come up with. I should have gone with the other (laughs) Anyway, um, so we are going to go back to the 1800s. British imperialism was a thing. European imperialism was a thing. Basically, I'm sure you all have heard of, like, the scramble for Africa, where the, like, seven different european powers were all fighting over different parts of africa it was Mm. all owned by quote unquote owned by european countries they were all fighting for control over different parts of it um so uh yeah obviously the invasion and colonization of africa was a big deal really messed up the continent as a whole influenced a lot of their uh economic and cultural and linguistic um background and uh even today like i feel like africa's still feeling the effects of that i mean sure shoot, they still speak french and half the yeah. country yeah or half the continent um anyway so we're gonna go back to that time um we're looking at like 1890 where the heligoland zanzibar treaty was signed okay that's <laughs> a mouthful sure you've heard of that yeah <laughs> heligoland zanzibar the heligoland zanzibar treaty of 1890. Um, basically, what this treaty did was uh, draw up where Germany and Britain had power in East Africa. Uh, it gave control of this tiny island in the North Sea to Germany that they had been craving power over. And then uh, Germany agreed to recognize that Britain had control over Zanzibar, which is mm. a couple of islands off of Tanzania, off the east coast of Africa. Tiny islands. Really, the fact that we've heard of Zanzibar is kind of wild because they're very small islands. I don't <laughs> know why it's a, a big deal, but it was a big deal to them. So um, back in 1890, this treaty was signed and Britain uh, now has this newfound power in East Africa. They install this puppet sultan on Zanzibar. Like Jafar. <laughs> yep. I guess it was Jasmine's dad. Oh no! Yeah. Was he the Sultan? Jasmine's dad was the Sultan. Uh, yeah. Who was? What was Jafar? A the wizard? Grand Vizier. Ah, ah, what? Have y'all seen Aladdin? I What's a Vizier? Yeah, not Brazier. Uh, no, uh, Vizier. He's like the royal advisor. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I saw the movie. Okay, cool. Did you? <laughs> You're acting like this is new news. Also, different part of the world. Well, the Sultan is what. <laughs> Said the word sultan. That's what made me think of it. Okay. It's not a common. You didn't say king. Well, in this area, they had sultans. So same wherever Jasmine was. Okay, Agrabah. Agrabah. All right. So they install this puppet sultan that is, uh, you know, very Britain friendly. They are trying to uh, control the area, and so they've got this sultan, uh, Hamad bin Thuani, uh, who was established in 1893. Um, pro Britain ruled relatively peacefully over uh, Zanzibar for about three years until mm. suddenly, listen, this dude is 38, 39, suddenly on August 25th, 1896, dead. What? Dang. 
and everyone's Foul Jafar play. killed him. Foul play. <laughs> Jafar got him. <laughs> and you're not far off. Um, oh. So, yeah. It, it, he Point was, for me. Yeah. <laughs> 38, 39, suddenly dies. No evidence that he was, like, you know, stabbed, murdered, anything like that. But uh, they believe it was poison from his... Uh, I, I've read two different accounts. One said nephew, one said cousin, but distant relative, uh, Khalid bin Bargash, who was 29, and he had tried to usurp power back before the British installed... Uh, Hamad is Sultan. So he had already made an attempt on the throne once. So he kills his cousin, uh, poisons him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this theory is made strong, stronger by the fact that within two hours of uh, the Sultan dying, he has established himself mm. in the palace and brought all his guards in and risen his flag and been like, yep, I'm Sultan now. Dang. And Dang. Uh, of course, Britain was like, hey, man, um, yeah, we didn't approve this, and based on your treaty with us, we have to approve any leader that you you put into power. Um, so we're going to need you to step down. And he was like, Britain, just stay in your own bit lane. <laughs> well, you're not wrong, but this is, uh, you know, the colonization of Africa, so they weren't going to do that. Mm. But, um, so yeah, he had tried to take over three years ago. He was taking over now, uh, murdered to do it. So... Um, Anyway, the diplomatic agent to Zanzibar from the UK, uh, Basil Cave. Mm. That's a very British name. Mm. Basil Cave. Basil Cave. Um, sends a warning to Khalid. And he was like, hey, man, you sure you want to do this? I don't think you do. You really want to start a war for Zanzibar? <laughs> <laughs> We're Britain. We're going to win. Um they already had a backup sultan ready that they had approved of that they wanted to install. So uh, Khalid was like, yeah, man, we're going to do this. We're going to throw down. So he begins mustering forces. He brings almost 3,000 men, 700 of which are Askari soldiers. So they're like trained men into the palace. Dang. Um, they have several Maxim machine guns. They've got a Gatling gun. <laughs> They have, a, okay. they've got the weirdest assortment of artillery ever. They have a 17th century bronze cannon. Okay. Um, just, I guess that had been left at the palace as like a diplomatic uh, present or something, but they're like, Hey, it can be used. Um, and Take then everything you got. Yeah. Okay. Then they've got two 12 pounder field guns, which are like the light artillery that you can take in and out of battle with you. Like they're not stationary, drag them around. Nice. So they've got all of this and they aim them at the British ships that are in the harbor of uh, the Zanzibar capital. So, and oh, and they've got um, this royal yacht that had been commissioned for the Sultan that is apparently heavily armed. Oh. <laughs> got this royal yacht in the harbor that's like, So they yeah. have their own Navy. No, we got you. Yeah. Dang. So they're, um, they're ready to go. Yeah. Um, Basil Cave responded by gathering his own forces. Instead of 700 Akar- Ascari soldiers, he gathers 900. One, I for, I've been forgetting to press the button. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. The bell button. Uh, but two, I like uh, that this dude just didn't back down. I said, you know what? I watched America win. Mm. I'm going to be the next. Mm. Okay. You know, I don't like authority. So oh. that's, uh, that's, you're uh, going to like where this story goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might take it back. So you've um, got me hooked right now. Well, uh, so Cave responds by gathering his own forces. He's got soldiers. He's got Maxim guns. He's got a nine-pounder cannon. He's got two warships in the bay 
He's called for more to come. Um, they send troops ashore to protect, like, the British consulate that's in the area, but also to ke- keep people from rioting because everybody can tell. Here it comes. Yeah, things are about to go down. 10,000 um, ships in the New York Harbor. Yes, we know you like Hamilton. <laughs> Um, so Cave continued to push Khalid to step down knowing that uh, he as a British diplomat could not open hostilities without express approval from the British government so he like I mean Uh, you're starting a war you're starting a war with the country so he's like I can't fire on these people unless the British government gives me the okay but he's having to at the time make these demands and basically be like you don't step down we're gonna you know beat you or whatever um, so he sends a telegram and the telegram says uh, verbatim, are we authorized in the event of all attempts at a peaceful solution proving useless to fire on the palace from the men of war? Hmm. Um, and he just had to wait. I mean, this is 1896. He had to just wait for an expo- response. Um, so the next day, so all of this takes course over one day. The Sultan dies. Khalid moves Dang. in. He, yeah, he and uh, Basil Cave are going back and forth trying to debate this. In a world of slow at that time, this yeah. man is not messing around. Uh, he sends a telegram. He gets, you know, he's like, I need permission <laughs> to handle this situation. So the next day, the 26th of August, uh, two more British ships joined in the harbor. So they've got five total now. Oh, at the, the end of the last day, a third ship had came. So now they've got five British ships in the harbor Dang. with this one royal yacht that is <laughs> loaded. Um. Around 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Cave finally received a telegram, and their reply was, you are authorized to adopt whatever measures you may consider necessary and will be supported in your action by the Majesty's, Her Majesty's government. Do not, however, attempt to take any action which you are not certain of being able to accomplish successfully. Mm, so wow. basically, if you're going to start a war, you better be able to handle right. this. We want this in and out. Yeah, you, you better be able to handle this war by yourself because mm. uh, otherwise we're going to be upset. Which kind of blows my mind. Like, yes, you were supported in your actions. They've been at that time. But they've also, been in several long-lasting wars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they just were getting pelted down. Yeah. Little did they know, World War One and World Little War Two yeah, yeah. are only a few decades away. Make sure away. you can win, buddy. Ugh, but yeah, so they're basically like, yeah, you you can do whatever you need to. You can start a war if you want. Just uh, you know, handle it. Make sure we don't have to come down there. So, um, Cave sent a final ultimatum to Khalid: lower your flag. Leave the palace by 9 a.m. or we're at war. We're going to start shooting on you 9 a.m. tomorrow. Dang. So uh, the rest of the afternoon was spent clearing the harbor of merchant vessels and clearing the city of civilians. Basically, That's like, nice. hey, well, I mean, just basically everybody uh, take cover because it's about to go down. Yeah. So uh, one of the consuls wrote about that night the silence, which the silence which hung over Zanzibar was appalling. Usually drums were beating or babies were crying, but that night there was absolutely not a sound. What do they do to the babies? I'm imagining just took them inside. Just, like you're, just, you're, you're not having people. Okay. <laughs> you're just not having people like out and about in the normal just... hustle and bustle of a city. Everybody's hiding, taking cover and just terrified of what's going to come the next day. So the morning dawns, 27th of August, eight o'clock. He's got one hour left. Khalid sends a messenger to uh basil cave and he says i want to parlay let's uh, uh let's talk and cave says not unless that talk is going to be you agreeing to get out of the palace he said one minute sir <laughs> so at 8 30 mm-hmm. oh. khalid sends another messenger 
And he says, we have no intention of hauling down our flag, and we do not believe you will open fire on us. Okay. Ah. So, Cape replied, well, we don't want to, but unless you do as you're told, we shall certainly do so. So, I feel like this is very... uh, Civil back and forth. I feel like get out. You better get. Oh, he's wrecked. only been chancellor. What is it? Sultan. 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 <laughs> he's only been Sultan for like thirty six hours. Yeah, thirty six yeah. hours, yeah. if even. Um. Yeah. So at eight fifty five, the British hoist the flag, prepare for action. Hmm. Nine o'clock, General Lloyd Matthews, who was one of the commanders of the, on one of the ships, ordered the British ships to commence bombardment immediately, mm. dismantle their artillery. Mm. So all five of these ships in the bay <laughs> start <laughs> shooting on the palace. By 9.02, the majority of the Sultan's artillery had been destroyed. The palace's <laughs> wooden structure started to collapse with three thousand, almost 3,000 people inside that were like Dang. supposed to be his forces defending. Oh. Um, in those first two minutes, Khalid escapes. He leaves. He's out. He's like, I'm not staying here. He Peace. leaves his servants and uh, soldiers to fight for him instead. Wow. By 940, the shelling had ceased 38 minutes after it began. They mm-hmm. cut the Sultan's flag down and uh, the uh, Sultan's forces shots were silenced. So Dang. ending the shortest war in, in recorded history. <laughs> I like it. I think that that is a good story. I nope. am uh, surprised by how overwhelming uh, they were, and that no one really fought at all. <laughs> Thirty-eight. Well, it's hard when the British yeah, right. are in the harbor, and they're like, so "Hey, instant. we're going to yeah. shoot you from out here. What are you going to do about it?" Hmm. He had three thousand men inside. Okay, are you going to shoot me with your muskets? Imagine from all the, the shore. people that were like. Oh, we got a new leader now. Oh, we're already going to war. Okay. Yeah. This is a lot has changed here. And that's a new flag, even. It's not even the same flag. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, I good like job. So it was under 40 minutes, though. Yeah. 30, so that was good. 38 minute war, shortest war. Now in your title history. makes sense. <laughs> I, you know, that was the point. What was the title yeah. again? Uh, Mess around and find out, but in less than 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Just it. Spot on. It was accurate. It was if fair. you don't know what I'm talking about, I thought it was funny. Whatever. Was good. good job. So Grace. wait, wait, wait. Oh. So the result of this war, one British sailor was wounded. Ah, uh, it's got to be from a friendly fire. <laughs> yeah, or he fell off a boat. <laughs> Five hundred of Khalid's uh, men were killed or wounded from mostly the fires that yeah. Uh, yeah. the British were shooting at them. Um, or the, the fires that started in the palace from the British shooting at them, um, that they had managed to sink the yacht. So the yacht <laughs> <laughs> sank. I hope so. Um, and that, uh, oh, so Khalid hid in German occupied East Africa. They refused to extradite him, which I thought was funny. Um, it wasn't until 1916 that they were able to capture him. So we avoided <laughs> capture for a long time. Um, they, the British required his supporters, so everybody that survived but had supported Khalid had to pay for the shells that the British oh used my God. against oh my, what? them. Straight bullies. Talk about insult to injury. Yeah. Oh, Jeez. I know. Okay. Um, and then by that afternoon, they had installed uh, a sultan that was, again, loyal to the British. And um, That's Jasmine's dad. Uh, well, <laughs> so... Th- in fairness, the the reason there was pushback, and this is very um, 
white savior mentality feeling, but the British were trying to abolish slavery in that region. And so Khalid was like, no, you ain't messing with our way of life or whatever. Mm -hmm. So within months after they had installed um, the sultan that they approved of, slavery was abolished. So like, yay. Yeah. Also, Britain, stay in your lane, but... Yeah, if you don't give a point for that, yeah, I mean. <laughs> but it's such a hard, you know, like, Europe shouldn't have been down there to begin with. Yeah. But also, like, yay, I guess. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Hard hard yeah. situation to be happy about. Yeah. <laughs> I was originally rooting for that guy, but I'm glad he lost. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, there That's you go. Funny. All right, Grant. Shortest war t- in history. What's your title? Uh, you little devil. You little devil. How was that better? <laughs> so I've learned that Shelby likes short and yeah. sweet. Mm-hmm. Short and sweet. And you don't even have to, your title really doesn't have to do with the story. I just need it to be clever. Yeah. So I'm just going to come up with a clever yeah. pun that's going to have nothing to hey, do with the story I, from now on. You do you think there's a devil in his story? Let's see. Let Let's us see. see. Let's so see. mine is about angels. Um <laughs> No. Um, Grant said, well, crap, I got to tie it in somehow. <laughs> Dang it, I got to think of a devil. Um, no. So in 1945, okay. as you all know, the U.S. dropped two atomic bombs on Japan. Mm. Two war stores. All right. Uh-huh. We, we yeah. are very... <laughs> it's been yeah. a while. It's yeah. been a while. I'm very murder yeah. happy yeah. with At these. At least it's not a medical topic. Yeah, right? that's good. I mean, the U.S. dropped two atomic bombs, as you guys know, on Japan. They were named... Fat Man yes. and Little Boy, uh-huh. <laughs> which are pretty funny names for atomic bombs. Yes. That's crazy, but okay. Fat Man and Little Boy. The bombs were dropped on Nagasaki and Hiroshima, uh-huh. right? So Japan was forced, sur- forced to surrender, ending World War II, right? Yes. We all know this. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, what you probably didn't know was just in case the U.S. created a third bomb, hmm. a third atomic bomb after the uh, after these bombs, just in case Japan didn't surrender, they said, we're going to make a third bomb. Oh so that's what the story is about. Okay. So technically it, was, it wasn't like a full bomb. It was the plutonium core of the bomb, right? They just had this core for a bomb. And it was a ball of plutonium that weighed 14 pounds, but was only about three and a half inches in diameter. Hmm. So to kind of give you guys a picture, that's like a little smaller than a softball. Yeah. So think 14 of like, pound baseball. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And 14 pounds. So after World War II had ended, uh, they needed to do something with this core, right? It's a plutonium core. I mean, this the sucker's radioactive. Like we got in the ocean. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, whatever. The fish will just have four eyes. Yeah, I mean, they've already tested a bunch in the ocean anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but they needed something to do with it, so they decided, okay, we're going to transfer it to the Los Alamos Research Center in New Mexico for testing. Here we go. Yeah. The aliens start coming. <laughs> They're not aliens. It's just people that mutated exposure <laughs> to the radiation. It's like Captain Marvel. They've gotten <laughs> stronger, faster. Yeah. I don't know why I said Captain Marvel. It could have been the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. That would make more sense yeah. with Gamma the radiation. radiation. Yeah, yeah. Or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Any of those would have worked. Yeah. Um, so uh, they had named this plutonium core Rufus. <laughs> okay. Because why that not? Sounds like Lopey. <laughs> yeah. Rufus. It's a plutonium core named Rufus, 
but it would later become known as the Demon Core. Mm. So, um, because the core was designed to go off into a bomb, the plutonium only had a slim margin before it went super critical, mm. meaning mm. it you would wanna, explode. You don't, play, you don't play hot potato with that. Yeah, no, you don't. You, <laughs> you, you, yeah, you don't play around with this. Um, it had a slim margin before it went super critical, meaning it would explode. It would undergo a nuclear chain reaction and explode. So the scientists, gosh, I reading this story, I, I would hate to be one of these scientists. The scientists would test how close the core was to a super subcritical. Uh, let me start over. They would test how close the core was to a subcritical state by lowering a half shell of beryllium, which was a type of metal, over the core so it would react with it. So if you can kind of imagine it, mm-hmm. it was like it was like here's the core, yeah, my fist, and then there was the shell that was put over it. To, okay, mm-hmm. over it. Actually, I have a picture if you guys want to see it. Yeah, and we can post this on there. But here's basically just to kind of give you oh, guys yeah. a picture. Mm-hmm. In the middle, right there, is the core. Mm-hmm. Um, that was Rufus. And it looks uh, like an Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, not going to lie. I was imagining like someone bare handing a green glob of glowing molten <laughs> right. something. <laughs> right. That's how they carry it around. That's what you think of. Like no. I knew that wasn't what was happening, but in my head, that's what I was picturing. Right. So that shell that he's about to lower over it mm-hmm. is a, a shell of beryllium, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what they would do. They would lower this half shell of beryllium over the core so it would react with it. And by doing this, they were creating a tiny, tiny nuclear reaction that they could gather data on. So hmm. basically, it would react a little bit, and they would like just <laughs> measure basically how much it took for this plutonium core to react. Not a job I would want. No. All right. This sounds like your title should have been mess around and find out. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we should switch titles. Uh, Another 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, uh, so the half shell could never make full contact with the plutonium core or else it would uh, react and explode. So what they would do was they would put spacers on the bottom of the shell so that these these two would never touch. Like mm-hmm. the, the shell could never touch the core, right? Still sounds like a bad idea. A lot, mm-hmm. lot of margin for error. A, a ton, yes. So uh, the process was incredibly slow, but it was also very necessary because in order to not activate the uh, plutonium core, they had to be very careful not to even touch the two. But well, Wouldn't it just been easier to drop it in the ocean? Probably, yeah, but, but irresponsible. Oh. <laughs> Anybody could find it. When you have a fish, yeah. fish fry afterwards. Yeah. And they all just float no, no. to the top. Explode it. Oh, just explode. You, oh, you're saying set it off yeah, in the set ocean. It off. Oh, dang. I mean, they're done with it now. Well, they're curious. <laughs> I guess. Um, so one scientist. So it was it was a very it was a very tricky and slow process, but it was necessary. But one scientist named Louis Slotten wasn't as patient as the other. This would be me. Yeah, this would be Shelby. Nobody gives Shelby. <laughs> Nuclear power. Oh my please. gosh! So he wasn't as he wasn't as patient as the other scientists. Cut corners here and there. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. Well, wait. <laughs> so he wasn't as patient. He he basically said, "Well, screw that. I don't 
really want to use spacers because yeah, it's like a slow process. You yeah, gotta get home. You're, yeah, the family's the waking. You gotta yeah. watch the mm-hmm. movie. Mm, not then. What are you watching? Not is there TV? Yeah, there's TV. Uh, you watch an Andy Griffith show, I guess. No, yeah, go maybe. to movies. Yeah, yeah. Watch. So drive your grease car. <laughs> no. <laughs> Your grease car. What is the time? Your grease light. Nineteen forty-five. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, So uh, he said, "Screw the spacers. I don't want to use the spacers." Instead, his solution, his method, was he would wedge a flathead screwdriver. Okay. That's what I'm talking between about. the shell and the core, because it was much a much faster way of doing. Yeah. That. Okay. But who is giving him like express? Could you imagine today something that dangerous being like tested and used and everything like that, and there not being a thousand safety checks mm-hmm. in place? And this random mm-hmm. guy yep. is like, "Yeah, I'm just going to use a screwdriver." Right. Two, of two things: that one, that's yep. how COVID happened. <laughs> <laughs> two, uh, fair. Uh, two, the other thing to think about here is this is all new technology. Like, yeah. no yeah. one, this, they think this is the safest way. Right. No one, every little thing could be a Leap into the future, like, yeah, or a leap into disaster. Well, and like even to comment on that, like it's like they created two bombs to bomb Japan, mm-hmm. and they because they had to just hurry up. They're in war, and they right. just had to figure out this technology. And I think it's funny that they went back after the fact that they used two uh, atomic bombs, and they're like, "We better test this stuff. <laughs> we better <laughs> See what figure actually. out how this works." Actually, hmm. so that's what they were doing. Um, Thank you. And uh, that wasn't for you. That was from my boy. What's his name? James. James Lewis. Lewis. <laughs> that was my boy Lewis. Close. Close. He's paying hey. really close attention. <laughs> really close. Um, so yeah, Lewis had this way of his his way was how I feel like Shelby would handle this is put the screwdriver under the shell. It's enough space. Yeah. Just screw it. Whatever. Um, so I mean, they have a plastic handle. Yeah. I mean, that'll protect right. you. No one let Shelby do something. Please, <laughs> Please for the love of God. Don't let him near anything important. So Lewis was aware of how risky this method was, right? He even named this method Tickling the Dragon's Tail. <laughs> his name for this. I even like his, I even like his title. Right? Just, knew- there's no subtitles there. No. He wasn't spot on. His title wasn't Stick the Flathead in the... Bomb, it was tickling the dragon's tail. Tickling the dragon's That's how you trail. do it, Grace. Okay. <laughs> I'll try to be more clever next time. <laughs> <laughs> next time you're talking about radioactive bombs. People uh, dying. Yeah, right? I'll just make it funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, tickling the dragon's tail is what he called it. Mm-hmm. And Slotin used this met- method several times until one day it would cost him his life. Oh. I could have guessed. Uh, yeah, I know. Spoiler <laughs> alert, right? Um, so on May 21st, 1946, um, Lewis was demonstrating his method in front of uh, another group of scientists. Teaching them. Teaching them. Like, onboarding. Hey. It's like, I like to imagine it's like Jackass, the first Jackass. Hey, watch this. Yeah. Watch this, y'all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? And uh, he, was, he, was, he was demonstrating this to this group of scientists when the screwdriver had slipped and the shell made contact with the core. Oh, my God. Yep, which is a huge no-no. Yeah, well. All of a sudden, Grace, you talk about the, the green glowing mm-hmm. thing you think of. All of a sudden, a bright blue light Filled the room and the core started to react. 
Meaning it was about to explode. Yep. Right? There's no getting away. What are you going to do? Yeah. There's... And this is what started the other realm, the other dimension. Mm. A portal yeah, opened up. A portal yeah. opened up. <laughs> well, I wish I wish something as cool as that <laughs> happened. Um, Lewis saw this, the bright blue light. He quickly flipped the shell off the core. Oh, dang. It was a little too, little too late. Yeah. But, you know. Well, it, literally, touched the core, blue light, flipped it off. Dang, that's quick. But it was too late for him. Mm. So mm. this is kind of a little funny thing. Right after... Lewis had flipped it off. He was quoted saying, well, that does it. Hmm. <laughs> this guy's like a legend. Yeah. I like this man. He said, well, that he saved everyone else's life. Yep. He, he knew he was had good die. titles. He yep. would have had to save their life yep. if he had just followed the protocol to begin yep. with. But, you know, what do I, I know? like this guy. I know, right? Well, as soon as he flipped it off, he knew that was it. Yep. That was, this is how I die. Um, mm. In the split second that the core was activated, it's estimated that three quadrillion fission reactions took place in mm. the split second that it touched the core, right? It's a little mini star. To give you an idea of how much that is, it was about a million times smaller than the reactions that occurred in the atomic bombs um, that fell on hmm. uh, Japan, but it was still pretty deadly. A million oh times larger than in a not happening. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was it it was smaller. Three th- three million a million times smaller than the reactions that happened right. on that day. Yeah. What I'm saying oh. it is that may be true, but it's also like a million times more powerful than it not happening. Yeah. A million yeah. times zero is Yeah, right. It it was still a big deal. <laughs> um so Shelby hates me right now. <laughs> this is the buzz kill over here. In an instant, Lewis's life had shortened from decades. He had decades left to live. Three words. To only days. He actually lived Ah. days after this. Um, So fortunately, the other scientists in the room had stood further back than he was. Mm. But he was right up on it. I mean, you guys saw that picture. He was literally standing there. sitting there shoving (laughs) uh, screwdrivers in place, you know. Shoving a screwdriver between the the core. Yeah. so, also to give you an idea, a fatal dose of radiation is about 500 REM, which is what they... Speedwagon? Uh, REM <laughs> Speedwagon, yeah. That's REO. Speedwagon. But, Thanks, Grant. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, just in case you want to Shelby keeps trying that. to make jokes, and you and I are taking it so seriously. We're like, no, no. We're the Listen buzzkill. to our story, We're Shelby. The are you listening to our story? Yeah, I was kidding. <laughs> so, a fatal <laughs> dose... A fatal dose of radiation is about 500 REM, which is what they measure, mm-hmm. um, you know, the radiation of what your body um, encounters. Lewis had received 2,100 REM Dang. in that split second. That'll do it. Right? So the radiation quickly spread through his body and put him in a coma hmm. where he died nine days later. Mm. So uh, Lewis... Should have known that the danger of this core because Did he get a purple heart. <laughs> I don't think so. For being dumb, he saved their life. No, he didn't. I, he risked their life. Yeah. I, <laughs> if I saw this dude, listen. If I was a scientist and I saw this dude shoving a flathead screwdriver into the core of a plutonium bomb, HR. But yeah. Don't, don't we OSHA. all? Right. Don't L. we all know that person though? Like we all know. Yeah. 
the friend that and would do that. That's you. It's you. <laughs> and that's it's you. you. And sadly, I know people that would do that too. Like, it's you. Even you. to another level. Ah. I, I know a guy that would uh, eat raw biscuits out of a... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Every time. He may, he may do something like this. That's more dangerous than a, than a radioactive <laughs> plutonium core. <laughs> So, Lewis died nine layers, but he should have known the danger of this core because nine months earlier than this incident, uh, his co-worker, Harry Dagelin, was killed in a similar way. Harry was experimenting with this same core and had dropped a tungsten block on it, hmm. causing it to go cris- critical, and Harry died a month later due to acute radiation sickness hmm. did he drop the tungsten on it on purpose or? no no oh, no okay. he was he was experimenting accidentally dropped mm. a tungsten block it went critical he died a month later hmm. like why why after one day after just, one death i, feel I like would I'm, say nope we're done i feel like i'm more careful when i'm baking than these yeah, people they're I know. just like i know eh. I That's even, the thing. Like we 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 put our level of safety our level of intelligence yep on them you're talking and about 19... a nuclear bomb you s- okay okay but listen it's <laughs> not like they didn't know what it could do they had just witnessed it happen to hiroshima right. and nagasaki right yeah and you're just gonna mess around I want with it to, i want you to go look up uh baby strollers in the 1950s <laughs> 1960s and then you'll be oh yeah what like they that, what they, does that have to do with the because the science saying they're designed the baby strollers <laughs> are have you ever seen them back then the prams I don't know what that means. Same thing. Yes. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Have you ever seen like how they were hooked up in a car and stuff? Oh no. It's insane. Oh yeah. no, I never I've saw it in the car. There's one. There's like a. Uh, uh, if you lived in like New York, they had like this metal bed that went outside of your window that you put your baby on, <laughs> so that way it can have fresh air. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that was designed by scientists. Scientists have. So come you're paying. So you're saying people aren't weren't very smart back and, then. And, 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 but listen, uh, listen, eighty years they're going to say the same thing about our. Listen, yeah, probably. If you get into a car accident, that's yeah. one fatality versus oh, yeah, you just right. blew up. Yeah. My, right. yes. A nuclear right. bomb. I'm just saying. I, there should I be a would, little different level of caution there. To quote your title, I would not be messing around and finding out yeah. about this stupid nuclear chlor. I'm not getting even close to that. Like it makes yeah. me mad almost that like they are this close and playing around with a yeah. nuclear chlor- so core. I don't. What do they do with the core? Uh, the so end? listen. So uh, to finish off the story, he said, "Oh, um, I'm going to tell you." Yeah. Uh, so after taking two lives, so it took two lives for yes. them to finally be like, uh, we're done. Um, after two lives, experiment, after taking two lives, experimenting on the demon core was banned, and it was reported that the core was melted down and turned into a new weapon in the summer of 1964. Hmm. Hmm. So it was it was recycled. They recycled the you core know, and, and did that. But it's now in a warhead somewhere. Mm-hmm. In the just hills of Kansas City. Yep. <laughs> it's yeah. It's mm. I I don't want to go near a core like that. And it's just I don't know. It's crazy that something so small could cause such a big impact and such cause even two deaths after it wasn't even. It does it surprise me used. that it only took two deaths. So yeah, like, when know. you think about like what it takes the government to be like, oh, we got to change things uh, up. Yeah. Two deaths. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they but they didn't. It's not gone. It's yeah. just oh, let's move it over here. Or it's, <laughs> let's uh, just transfer it over. Um, that's fine. I. 
hope that those types of weapons aren't ever used anymore. Me too. Um, I'm just going to say that that's our official stance yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, on Untold the podcast, we are against nuclear war. Mm. Agree. And atomic bombs. Yeah, I never understood what the difference is. And don't shove a screwdriver into the core. Yes, if you're around one, be safe. Yeah, <laughs> wear gloves. Okay. Uh, thanks, Grant. Thanks, yeah. Grace. Both those were really good. I have to say this, Grant. Uh, for the first uh, half of your story, I was hesitant because I knew about that third one, ah. and you said this is what it's about. But the you made up for it at the end because nice. I did not know about Lewis, my brother from another mother. Your doppelganger. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Grace, I, I've already told you my uh, hatred towards uh, Britain. And British <laughs> imperialism. <laughs> yes. Colonialism in general. Uh, and, but I did like that they ended uh, slavery <laughs> there. But they Plus. also kind of helped bring it there. So it's a, I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's a very weird... Uh, yeah. Yay. Catch-22 there. <laughs> uh, so uh, those are both do- two good stories. In the end, though, I have to pick... Grant. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Dang, that was a good yes. one. I think the thing that pushed it over was that guy was... I could see myself doing yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And cool. I will not so, be around you when you ever. But I also that. could see myself doing what the other guy. I, was gonna say, I just have to find the biggest idiot <laughs> scientist out there to tell yeah. these stories yeah. now. I could also see myself getting now up until the point he ran away. If I'm rallying three thousand people, I'm staying. I'm not. <laughs> Bye. What I wouldn't have rallied. I wouldn't yeah, rally hey. to begin with. I'm out. I don't want to fight. Good for you, man. I'm not giving wait, any. Wait, wait. You talk a big game, uh-huh. Grace, about killing I, people. No. I don't. I will defend myself and my family. I don't care. What if your family was on that boat? (sighs) I would be leaving. Oh, with your family? Yeah. I'm not, I don't, I'm not about starting problems. Mm. I will fight back. But that's about it. Okay. I'm glad that even if you started a problem, you would still. I must see it through. Even if I'm wrong. You know what? That's how Emily and I fight. I, yeah. If I get in an argument with her, yeah. I don't give in. No, you just I, double down, just and double I'm, down. I'm sure that works out really well. I still for you. have a suitcase laying on the steps, <laughs> and uh, that's a because I that's a deep cut. People are gonna think you're serious. Everybody loves Raymond. Go check. Uh, <laughs> I got that reference actually. Yeah, I didn't know that's what you yeah, were referencing, was, but I remember. Yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like Grace, I. I liked your story but also like yeah he's i like how he's like rallying like everybody up and he's like oh let's do this let's do this peace, peace. out two yeah two minutes like, in two okay. minutes in bye okay yeah, like i would be shooting that guy yeah you know he had yeah. some big rally cry yeah <laughs> yeah and the rally cry got softer and softer as he ran away and yep. just ran over to the germans and the germans are like i will let him stay here it's cool yeah. well great stories and if you want to hear more everybody everybody loves raymond hot takes <laughs> uh grant will be leading next week heck yeah and the topic is everybody loves raymond people I've named raymond sitcom show. shows oh so good uh, okay so thanks for listening go leave us a review we would love that uh, my name is Shelby. Peace out. This is Untold the Podcast. And what's your name? <laughs> and my name is Grant. And this is Grace Outlaw. And this is Untold the Podcast. Yeah. Peace out. We're pros. <laughs> Love you all. <laughs>